This is a day I've been looking forward to for two and a half years. We're really proud of Timeline. <laughs> We're going to reimagine Windows. Microsoft is announcing the breakthrough game console called Xbox. We've created a platform attuned to consumers' changing behaviors and an evolving sense of play. We set out to make the best watch in the world. And today, we're introducing Nexus 7. This is it, Xbox One. And we are calling it iPhone. The latest news, the newest products, the biggest names. Welcome to Your Tech Report. Online at yourtechreport.com. Join Mitchell Whitfield and Marco Flalo for the next hour of Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. It's our like mid-September edition of Your Tech Report. Good day. I am Marco Flalo in Montreal. As always, welcomed by Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Hello, Mark. You know, I don't know why I have this obsessive need. Do the entire show as if we're doing a baseball game today. I don't know why I wanted to do that. Could it's it, been in my head. It's out of me. It's done. I will never do that again. Well, you're, you're based in yeah. Los Angeles, but could it be yeah. because the Blue Jays are doing so well? Uh, I would say because the Mets are doing so well, yeah. but let's say they're both doing so well. Oh, look at that. Canada, uh, yeah. If, if you want, I was going to say, if you want to follow us, I was going to go into that whole oh, no, spiel. Go for it. Let me okay. hear the whole spiel. I like it. Yeah. Uh, little, if you want to follow us on Twitter, do so. <laughs> it is at your tech report, facebook.com slash your tech report. Our email address, contact at your tech report.com. Mitchell, in assembling this show... I noticed a theme that kind of traveled throughout all the news items of the week. More of a uh, uh, overwhelming presence of one particular organization, and that happens to be Apple. And last week, we did this little countdown. We said, okay, they can't possibly announce 12 products. And I kind of set myself up to at least uh, be wrong, and I was wrong. They absolutely announced everything we saw, thought they were going to announce. And every <laughs> single rumor was pretty much dead on yep. uh, in terms of, of what Apple was going to announce at their media event. There's only one thing that wasn't announced, and unfortunately, it was something that I personally had a need for, and it's not a big deal, of course, but I was hoping they'd announce that the new, uh, the latest processors from Intel, was it Skylake? Yes. The Skylake processor would actually be announced, and, well, we know that, we, we already know that Apple's putting them in their, in their new computers, but I wanted a timeline so I could finally go out and buy yeah. my iMac 5K, and I can't do that until they announce the new processors, because there's nothing worse than buying a beautiful, shiny new computer and a month, or actually 31 days later, yeah. having them say, here's the new Skylake, and we dropped the prices. So, yeah, that was the one thing that you predicted, that we both predicted, that we wouldn't, that we didn't hear. But you know what? You're right, Mark. Everything else yeah. that we talked about to the letter was in that keynote address. It's it's, it's a little nutty, and they and they really, they started with the Apple Watch, and, and the expectations were pretty much there. They they recapped Watch OS 2, which brings a lot of new features to the Apple Watch. The, the most important, I think, of, of which is really... Um, that everything is going to be able to run on the watch itself natively. You don't need that iPhone to power those apps, which means that they won't be as slow and as sluggish, and which means that apps will be able to do things like show uh, events and what they call complications on yes. that watch face. So instead of just seeing things that are Apple, like your schedule and, and different events like that, you'll be able to see things like breaking news with CNN, when your next flight is with Travelocity, for example. So, uh, and other than that, in the watch news, we got some new bands and some new colors. So we've got... Yeah, that is no, that is a big deal. But there's one piece of news that was very important, Mark. And as soon as I say, it, you're going to go, "Oh, that's right." Do you remember we were both talking about originally? We both, you know, obviously the I think we both have the aluminum version, correct? We both have the dark space gray aluminum watch, right? Yeah. Uh, but we were also very intrigued by the stainless and the dark, the space gray stainless, basically the darker, uh, you know, stainless watch. Yes. And but the thing that Apple did at the release of Apple Watch was the only way you could get that space gray steel watch was to get it with the more expensive band, and yeah. the combination of which ended up costing close to $1,100, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, it was, right? it was over $1,000 for sure, but they've done they've switched that out now. Now you they, can get it with right. the sport band. So it that's brings right. the price to, what, about 7 seven something I think it is? Exactly. It reduced it by nearly $400, but that 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 is a big deal. And like you said, <clears throat> excuse me, we have different colored leather bands. We have a two-tone leather band now. And it, it don't, don't sell short the large variety of new rubber bands that they have, because now you get different colors. Before, if you wanted the blue band with a black face, the only thing you could do was to get the leather band, but now they have the blue rubber band, which is really cool. A lot of cool colors, and let's not forget Project Red, of course, the proceeds going to the worldwide fight you know, fight against AIDS. So bringing Project Red to their entire product line is a nice thing for Apple to do. And if you want a gold or rose gold color, you can get right. the aluminum 
in those colors, which means you're spending a lot less. And that, I, I really think, is when you're looking at the overall price of the Apple Watch, people people kind of balk when it hits $1,000, $700. But when you're looking at like the $500 entry point, it's not that much in comparison to other products and things that you might spend. So I think it makes sense to offer those options in those colors for the watch. So it was very cool. And Watch OS 2 is going to be available uh, for the masses, whether you have a watch or you're going to be getting one, on September the 16th, so later this week. Whereas their other operating system, El Capitan, um, will be available September 30th, but mm. iOS 9 will also be on September 16th. So watch. Say El Capitan again. I like the way El you said Capitan. that. El Capitan. I love when you talk foreign. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah. When I talk foreign. Okay, so we, we've talked about operating systems, we've talked about the watch. Let's talk about this giant elephant in the room, <laughs> shall we? IPad, and you're being literal here, yes. Oh, yeah, iPad Pro. A 12.9-inch screen on this massive iPad. This iPad is, when held up against a 12-inch MacBook Air, is bigger <laughs> it's ridiculous. I mean, we knew it was coming, right? We, we pretty much, well, let's, let's put it this way. We heard a lot of rumors, too many rumors uh, that, that it couldn't be true. So when you first saw the size of this thing, I mean, I, I mean, yes, <sighs> if a smaller iPad is, is good, then a bigger iPad is great. But an enormous slate like this, Mark, it almost, uh, it defeats the purpose of the iPad for me, which is it's great as a portable device. To me, yeah. the only true portable iPad right now. Well, I take that back. I was going to say the mini. Um, but even the newer iPad Air 2, which is very thin and very light, to me that's become more portable. But that's what makes this such a special device. You have this touch screen. You could take it anywhere. Not so much with the iPad Pro. Where are you going to take this thing? I, In a giant suitcase? Listen, I, I understand, and they and they focused heavily on the medical fields and engineering and places that need this this incredible, ultra-rich, beautiful retina display in a larger package, and I can understand those applications of it, but for a practical, everyday user, that size device that does not have the desktop power that you are used to in a device of that size really does not serve a purpose. And we're talking about not a cheap device either. I mean, I first reacted going, that's pretty expensive. You said it was kind of on par. And I guess if you if you look at the product line, you can see that the price is starting at $799 is, is I guess, reasonable for that device. I, th I think for that size device it is. But, Mark, here's what bothered me. They were talking about the power. Now, they said, I believe, and I'm doing this from memory. This is not from our notes. I'm just going back to my old man brain. I think they said the power of this iPad Pro uh, was greater than 80% of the existing laptops on the market. If I'm not mistaken, they said it was more powerful than 80% of the laptops in the world in the market today. Now, put, let's put that into a little bit of context, okay? If you have a device that powerful that can run uh, mobile class, aren't you kind of expecting maybe they'd give you desktop applications, maybe even running OS 10 instead of iOS, or at least is that maybe coming next? Is that where we're going with this device? Because this is something that, that, that Microsoft has had a lot of success with, people having their, you know, their Surface tablets and being able to run desktop software on them. So yeah. when we have all this power, is that what we're going toward now? Are they eventually going to release this? This is now an iPad Pro 12, you can finally run OS 10. Is that where we're headed? I've always thought that we are headed that way. We are headed to a point where the MacBooks and laptops and tablets will just meet. And it's already happened in the PC marketplace. It's happened with Windows 10. It's a universal application that works cross-platform, whether you want to use a two-in-one device or not. It's happened there. Now we're looking at a 12.9-inch screen on a, a device that works and runs on the OS of a iPad that, that has the desktop power of 80% of the PCs without the desktop applications to support it. Let's not forget, they're using their own processors. They're not using Intel processors. So there's probably limitations there in terms of running full desktop applications. But I think we've finally reached a point where the next step beyond this is just going to be a full desktop class computer. Yeah. And, and, and now the, the thing that I took away from it, of course, while I'm watching this is, and Mark, you, you hit this right on the head. I was blown away by the applications this thing could run. 
the the medical applications, the medical teaching tools, yeah. uh, the the CAD imaging. I mean, it's just it's beautiful. If you're an engineer, you're drooling over a product like this because now you have a slate in your hand that can run all of your engineering software, showing uh, wire views, rotation in real time at 60 frames per second. That is huge. And I found myself thinking. If I'm most excited by the software that this can run, is Apple creating a product that, A, either is the largest in their lineup, or B, the most powerful, and you'll only be able to run these programs on a Pro? That's the question, because I was thinking, my God, I have an iPad Air 2. I hope I can run that software too, but are they creating a product now? Kind of like what they did with the, the 6 Plus phone, it only has certain features that you can get on that phone. It's not just bigger, but it's the top of the line. So I'm kind of concerned about that as well. What it appears to be, and we don't know 100%, is that on all the new products, whether it be the iPad Pro, the iPhone 6S, Plus and Plus, 6S, yeah. is that in order to get all the new features that we're going to talk about and we have spoken about, you're going to need to upgrade your hardware. But let's not forget the fact that they did not upgrade the iPad Air 2. That is staying status quo in terms of the 10-inch. So if you want that 10-inch model, it's an iPad Air 2. It's been out for a year. You can continue right. using it for another year. If you want an iPad Mini, you can now get an iPad Mini 4, which is the equivalent of the iPad Air 2. It's almost like their product cycles are, they're trying to get everything in line, but they just, they keep jumping ahead in different areas and not being able to get everything on kind of an equal plateau, which is, is frustrating as a user who doesn't want an iPad Pro. But right. Well, but, 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 but before, let me just jump in here a second. How weird was it how they just slipped in that iPad Mini 4, yeah. which like you said, is basically a scale down in size, but not in power, iPad Air 2 at a 399 entry point, it's like, oh, and by the way, here uh, here's a great new product that's really small and uh, it's going to do everything you want. Anyway, wasn't that bizarre? It, just sort of shuffling it in there? It was as bizarre as introducing a stylus. Oh, can we, are we talking about Apple Pencil? Okay, so come, come <laughs> iPad Pro. Their explanation is that in order to get as precise as you need to be and to take advantage of all this power now in this iPad Pro, you have an Apple Pencil. Of course, all the parodies have been made almost instantaneously to Steve Jobs famously saying, saying why do you use a stylus when you have all these pointing devices right here? Right. The case was made to being able to use a stylus, being the Apple Pencil, and your fingers at the same time. Right. We, we, we had this little uh, conversation the other day after watching the keynote, which was, well, they're not saying now we're moving to a stylus uh, as, as the main input device. Your fingers are still the main input device. But for all the powerful software they showed, for artists, like I said, for engineers, where you need the specificity of just micro movements and micro lines and adjustments, you need something like that. But first of all, two things. Number one, they had to call it the Apple Pencil <laughs> because they could not call it a stylus thanks to his famous Steve Jobs' original iPhone famous keynote, mm -hmm. they could not even think about calling it a stylus if they wanted to do this. Number two, I don't think it's until after the keynote is over when I said to you, we're, you know, we're watching this thing live and talking on the phone together, right? And I said to you, Mark, am I crazy or is that Apple Pencil friggin' huge? And you're like, oh, I, I can't tell. A day later, you call me, you're like, oh my God, that pencil is friggin' huge. Oh, it's gigantic. I don't think people realize how big it's going to be. It packs a lot of tech, but it also packs a lot of real estate. That thing is huge. And you, of course, asked me, I hope I can use use this on an iPad Air 2 or an iPad right. Air, I don't right. think that's the case. I don't think you can use it there. Uh, I think it requires, again, that new hardware, and we're not going to be able to see any of that in action until later this year. I think it was about November for the iPad Pro in terms of availability, which is something that you know they had to do in order to scale production lines and get things ramping up. But it also, I mean, they haven't even announced a pre-order for it. You can't even pre-order that on the weekend like you can the new iPhones, which we're going to get to, Mitchell, but we're going to take a quick break right here on Your Tech Report. Mitchell Whitfield, Marco Flalo. Again, if you want to get involved in the conversation, follow us at Your Tech Report on Twitter, facebook.com slash Your Tech Report. Contact at yourtechreport.com. We've still got to talk about Apple TV. We've still got to talk about, of course, the brand new iPhones and some very cool software and payment plans that we want to touch on. That and more when we come back right here on Your Tech Report. Your Tech Report will be right back. Now, back to Your Tech Report. Yes, indeed. Mark Aflalo, Mitchell Whitfield with you. He's, of course, in Los Angeles. I am in Montreal. Again, if you want to contact us on Twitter at Your Tech Report, I encourage you to do that there. Of course, we're on the Facebook and uh, email contact Ooh, at yourtechreport.com. Your <laughs> Mitchell, before we jump into the phones, I think yes. one of the biggest takeaways um, that you and I have discussed really is this payment plan that's only available in the U.S. to start with, but basically you can pay 
starting at like $32 a month, depending on the model of the phone. That's for the 6S, yes, yeah, starting you, at 32 You commit to a two-year plan, but every mm-hmm. year after you've made 12 payments, you can upgrade to the next phone. It's called the I, you know iPhone Upgrade. Uh, program that they're doing right now. And what it is, it's meant to compete with what the carriers are doing right now. <clears throat> you know, Rogers in Canada, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, you have you know, Verizon has a version of it. AT&T calls theirs the Next, Next Update program. program. Yeah. Basically, this is in, in, in lieu of and to replace what has been the existing model for buying phones at a reduced price for most people all throughout you know North America, uh, which is the subsidized plan where you normally would say, okay, you pay $200 for the phone, but then each, you know, the, that line that you're on would cost a minimum of $40 a month yeah. uh, because you're trying to pay off that that payment for the phone as well. But now they have these plans. Like you said, you pay for the phone itself on a monthly basis. You stretch it out over 12 months, 24 months, whatever it is, and you can turn in the phone uh, for a new one. But here's the thing with the Apple with the Apple plan. The iPhone upgrade plan allows you to not only turn it in and get a new phone every year, which is a better deal than most carriers are allowing, but by doing it through Apple, you're also getting Apple Care Plus with it. for every device. Device. It's already included, which is $130 separately, I believe, or $140 separately. So I did the math, and if if you look at a year, so I, I buy phones unlocked and I buy Apple Care. Mm-hmm. You're looking at about $1,000 for a device. If you do the math, that's about $388 for the entry level iPhone 6S uh, for a year, and you're getting Apple Care Plus in there. That's yeah, a great Apple deal. And then you really have to factor in also, like for myself, AT&T charges me either 6 or $7 a month for my insurance per line. So what that does is, if you really do do the math and figure out the price of the monthly you know, payment that you'd be paying through your carrier, in addition to the monthly insurance you pay through your carrier, I can pretty much guarantee you that the Apple upgrade plan will be less expensive. There is a caveat, Mark. Uh, unlike through your carrier where you have established credit already and most people will instantly qualify for the monthly plan, for the monthly payoff, this Apple upgrade plan works differently. I think it goes through Centurion Bank. It's the same bank that they run all of their loans for their computers through. So even people with good credit, you might not necessarily qualify. Don't be horrified if you don't qualify. I know Apple has a tool online that lets you pre-check to see what you're qualified for. It'll let you know if you're qualified for, you know, the regular upgrade or the Apple you know, upgrade plan. So make sure you go to the website. No surprises. So you don't show up at your Apple store and say, hey, sorry, you don't qualify. So make sure you try to qualify in advance. So let's talk about these two new devices. I mean, uh, aesthetically, they look the same. There's about a millimeter of difference on either side. So most cases and accessories will fit the device and they're toting that. But the best best line they used is iPhone 6S. The only thing that's changed is everything. Everything. (laughs) And, you know, Really, everything has changed because if you look at it, starting from the, the aluminum they are using, they are using the new 7,000-class aluminum that is used in the Apple Watch, which is far stronger. So that addresses all those concerns about people thinking that the actual device is going to bend. So that's one thing that's new. Absolutely. They have a brand-new generation of multi-touch that they are calling 3D Touch. Now, Not this, Force Touch. No, don't say that by accident well, that, like they that's did. That's exactly it. Yeah. I, I don't want to say Force Touch, but it is an, a generation of Force Touch that they have been uh, using over the past year only. It's it's brand new technology that really allows the phone to detect various depths of pressing. And through its taptic feedback engine, meaning the vibrations, you get an actual sense of clicking down through the glass. And you'll be able to get to things a lot quicker. So there are shortcuts to, let's say, for example, you press on the camera icon press a little harder and it says, okay, what do you want to do? Take a selfie, take a video, take et cetera, et cetera. And then by touching those, you get to those actions a lot quicker. Yeah, for those people that didn't, I mean, because, you know, I didn't mean to jump in here, but a lot of people were wondering, ourselves included, okay, is it a gimmick? Is it actually going to serve a purpose? But when they demonstrated it, and what it really does is it, it it really eliminates the need to go digging into menus and submenus to get features that you want. You don't have to go, you don't have to touch an email, then touch the file extension, then make the picture bigger. Now it's one touch on your email icon, look at the email, preview the image, all just depending on how deeply you press it. So they're really are applications for it that do cut out extra steps. So I really think it is a helpful thing. Let's talk about the camera now. The camera is brand new. It's a 12-megapixel camera that now takes 4K videos and a new feature called Live Photos. Uh, Yeah. So what Live Photos is, Uh, it's really just a gimmick. It's a software gimmick, really. What it does is when you're taking a picture, it's actually recording a couple seconds before and a couple seconds after so that when you're browsing through photos and stuff in your phone, you actually see some sense of motion. 
interesting, cool. I like the gimmick, but it also yeah. doubles the amount of memory being used when you're storing your photos. You nailed it, my friend, and you have to sort of offset. And listen, I know I already have 45,000 pictures wow. that take up close to like 175 meg of you know my iCloud storage. I don't even want to know what it does on my phone. Uh, and it, Mark, it's it's cool. I mean, you get to see if it's a picture of your kids, it's a still photo, You get and, and it does it automatically. Um, but you touch the photo, and of course the photo comes to life, as you said, a second and a half of pre-life, a second and a half of afterlife, so it looks like a little moving image. The problem the problem is, Mark, as you mentioned, it takes up twice the room on your hard drive on your or on your, your memory of your phone. So what you can do is there is an option to turn this off. I think of it is on by default. And if you have memory issues or if you're having storage issues, I should say, on your phone, you may want to turn this feature off unless you have to see moving still images. Okay, I know so, that sounds ridiculous. So yeah. let's talk about some of the other features. Um, obviously, you've got a great 5.5-inch screen on the iPhone 6S Plus. You've mm -hmm. got that 4.7-inch screen that Carol Corsa right on the display on that uh, iPhone 6S. Better glass, harder glass, stronger glass makes mm -hmm. for a better phone experience. Touch ID is still there and obviously enhanced in terms of security. The processor... Twice the speed, they're saying. Twice oh. the speed of recognition, yeah. Well, and here's the thing, because you've got a new A9 processor, 64-bit architecture, they're saying it's 70% faster on the CPU and 90% faster on video. So what is this going to mean? And of course, they show it off so eloquently. They bring on game developers to show how they're using this extra power. I believe they, they showed Warhammer 40,000, and it, lo it looked really good. And it also showed in gaming the applications for the new 3D touch. You touch something to shoot at it, you do a deeper press, it brings up your cannon and yes. locks on. So it does have gaming applications as well. Uh, and Mark, the processor, as you said, the A9, interesting that they chose to show the iPad Pro first, which has the A9X, an even more powerful powerful chip and they show then they release of course yeah. they show the iPhones after which has a less powerful chip it's still better than what's in the you know the ones right now again giving the size of the display on that iPad Pro it makes sense they need a little bit more power to drive drive that processor and drive that screen. Uh, a bunch of new accessories, new color accessories, new product red accessories for this phone. And, of course, one of the biggest, you know, I guess, tentpole features about this whole event is, is Siri. And Siri is going to be always on on the iPhone, meaning you can always say, hey, Siri, and then give her commands, which is very cool. And they've recently discovered, because they've already released a beta of iOS 9.1, that there's going to be a setting down the road to kind of train Siri a bit in terms of how you say, hey, Siri. So this is alluding to the fact that you may be able to distinguish its master's voice, so to speak, with the actual way that you say, hey, Siri, versus everybody else. What it's also doing is taking a lot of features that Google has in their own you know, virtual assistant where it does train you right off the bat uh, and there is a better response because of it. Mark, the new Hey Siri thing used to be something, a feature that you only had when you were plugged in with your iPhone. So some people may remember that if you had your iPhone plugged in, you could give a verbal command. As Mark said now, you could do it unplugged. Okay, Mitchell, let's talk about Apple TV because oh, we've yeah. been waiting for this and talking about this for probably about six keynotes now. We're talking about three <laughs> years. We've been waiting for them to release a new Apple TV, and they did it. They really, they really, a brand new box. It's got a USB-C connector on the back. It's got all the latest Wi-Fi. It's, 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 let's just say it's caught up to speed with everything right. it should have, and a brand new Siri remote that gives you Feedback, gyroscope, accelerometer, everything in there so that you can flip it on the side and use it as a gamepad. Software-wise, though, the Apple TV really, it's this kind of new polished version. The real big selling point here is really Siri integration. It's about saying, hey, look for uh, Big Bang Theory, and it's going to find Big Bang Theory not only in the app that you're in now, but in every single app it's available in, which is a big one. Yeah, and I think the other thing that we, as soon as I say this, you can go, oh yeah. And the other thing is, of course, they're opening up to developers TVOS. It yes. is now becoming its own platform, not just a variant in iOS, which of course it is, but developers are going to be able to specifically develop apps for Apple TV. You're going to see a lot of casual gaming. I think they, they showed um, uh, Crossy Road. Is that one of the big games they showed? Yep. Uh, a lot of games that are going to be out for the new Apple TV that you could use the new remote for. They mentioned right? Disney Infinity, Star Wars. Yep. Um, so there's a lot lot of potential applications that could pop up on your TV that you never even thought of before. Imagine practical tools like business tools, like dashboards. If you want to see a summary of your day, what's going on, you might be able to see that kind of stuff appear on your Apple TV as well.
The one thing that was missing, Mark, and it's something we talked about and we were hoping we'd see, is, you know, integration with network carriers, streaming network TV shows to truly change the way we watch TV and be able to watch television, uh, maybe live as it happens, we were expecting. But they can't do that without cutting deals with the providers, which clearly they have not done yet. But you know what? They've brought this Apple TV to a point where it is now... Uh, it's updated, it's refreshed, it's up to par with everybody else, maybe not necessarily because Amazon is already apparently going to be releasing a 4K Fire TV, but for all we know, this is 4K, uh, you know, 4K-able. Uh, we don't yeah. know yet because we haven't seen the hardware, and we're not going to see this hardware until, again, October, which means probably the end of October as well. Unfortunately, yeah, and like you said, you know, some some things. If if the if the hardware's already embedded, some updates, even 4K, are a software update away. And they've made a platform now that is more flexible. And I think, as you told me yesterday, this is sort of like shades of things to come. Now, now they have the hardware in place, we can see them advance commensurately. Lots of announcements from Apple. Again, if you want to follow all this, you can do so on Twitter. It is at your tech report, Facebook.com. Slash your tech report. Our email address is contact at yourtechreport.com. Mitchell, I keep forgetting to tease this, but we've got a big announcement from our friends at Funco. It's coming up towards the end of the show, so you want to stick around to check that out. It is Mark Aflalo and Mitchell Whitfield. Your tech report will be back right after this. Your tech report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Again, Mark Aflalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. If you want to get in touch with us, please do so. It is at your tech report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your tech report. And of course, our email address is contact at your tech report.com. Mitchell, I'm I'm downright tired of talking about Apple stuff. Let's shift gears a little bit, shall we? You know what? I, I was I was hoping you would say that because yeah, I'm a little appled out myself. So let's move on. And I want to talk about a company that I not a company that I found. A company that's been around but is really fantastic that I recently discovered for myself. And you know what really ties in because hey, listen, we're approaching the middle of December here, right? And when you're pro- December, middle of September, I don't even know what Woo! month it is. Where exactly? Where are we? I know I was thinking December because I was thinking of holiday season. Middle of September, we're already starting to see the ads come up for Thanksgiving and holiday shopping times, and we always get a lot of questions. What's a great gift idea for the holidays? And we have a lot of gamers who listen to our show, and a lot of people that love gamers that listen to our show. So let's tie into that right now I, I i was i was cruising youtube does that sound inappropriate and you know i like to watch youtube for different product reviews and there's this one youtuber named lamar wilson who has this who has this great channel where he does game reviews pop culture and he was reviewing this xbox one game controller that was sent to him by a company called controller chaos now mark this company was so cool. They do custom-designed controllers for the Xbox One, the PlayStation 4. I even think they do the PlayStation 3 and uh, the Xbox 360. They custom-design. They put graphics on, different skins and colors. They do beautiful work. I was so intrigued that some of us ordered a controller for a friend of ours, and now after experiencing their customer service, seeing their product, we reached out to them, and we have on with us today I, I can't believe it. Evan, Evan Daly, he's a senior designer, Controller Chaos. Evan, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Oh, guys, thank you so much for having us. It's my pleasure. And now, now, of course, I just gave a brief overview, uh, but in a little more detail, for people that have not visited ControllerChaos.com, and you should visit ControllerChaos.com, can you talk a little bit about the company and what you guys do? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, well, Controller Chaos was founded uh, by two childhood friends that really just kind of had a love for gaming and wanted to begin adding modifications to controllers, um, primarily dealing with like uh, adding hardware upgrades to increase gameplay. Um, you know, Call of Duty was becoming so popular, and they wanted to capitalize on some of the glitches or errors whenever these developers were writing the code for the game. And then it just started snowballing uh, ever since 2008 to now, where we have a two-campus facility in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, you know, and every controller is hand-painted to order per customer specification. It's really neat. It's very exciting to see what all of these people can create and match their personal style. And, you know, maybe they have, like, team-orientated controllers. It's, it's very exciting. So in a nutshell, Control Chaos is the end-all, say-all for custom controllers. We, you know, with the highest attention to detail, we employ the best airbrush artists in the industry. These guys are amazing, amazing artists. Evan, obviously when you go to controllerchaos.com, what, what pops out is the design and the looks, and, and you can really customize the controller uh, in terms of the look and feel, but you talked about hardware and performance. How do you do that? 
And what Most do you do? Most definitely. So what we do is there is a, it's called a mod chip, and we install this on the motherboard of the controller, and pretty much what it does is it does like a macro function, if you will. So one thing that's really popular is the rapid fire. It's our bread and butter of the mods that we offer. And what it does is it turns pretty much any semi-automatic weapon in like a first-person shooter into fully automatic, giving you the <laughs> maximum firepower. That's awesome. And then, you know, yeah, you know, and then, you know, in relation to that, you know, you're killing the guys faster, you're, you know, your points are going up, you're prestiging faster, and, you know, it's just a win-win. And we offer a bunch of other mods as well. You know, like you can do quick scoping is really popular, you know, and it's really cool. Uh, we also offer a bundle deal. Instead of purchasing the mods individually, we offer a package called the Master Mod. And instead of buying upwards of 10 to 11 mods for 9 10 bucks a pop, uh, we offer that whole entire bundle for forty nine ninety eight, and it gives you the works. It's really, really sweet. So, I mean, instead of so, so what? I, if I'm to understand correctly, what you're basically doing is you're not necessarily changing um, the features of the game itself, but you're providing providing shortcuts to things you can already do. Like for rapid fire, for example, emulates you Correct. hitting that hitting that trigger really fast, right? Exactly like that. And uh, one big misconception is everybody thinks that you know using a modded controller. Uh, we'll go against your terms of service, uh, you know, usage for Xbox Live and PlayStation Network, and they are 100% uh, undetectable because everything's just happening inside of the controller. And just like you said, you know, you can achieve the rapid-fire effect with, you know, rapidly tapping the trigger as fast as possible. But, you know, with the mods, it makes that a lot more easier and enjoyable. And, again, you know, they're 100% undetectable, so there's no banning of your account or anything you have to worry about in regards to that. See, now now what I'm thinking is, and of course we're going to get to the controllers that you guys designed for us, which are absolutely gorgeous, but now I'm thinking for the next one, Evan, I'm going to have to go with that, uh, you know, turning the semi-automatic into an automatic, because I, I like to use an M16, but I always get killed because I can't pull the trigger quickly enough, but you guys can help me with that, right? <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. And really cool part about the just the rapid-fire mod itself is it comes with a few different modes. So it'll come with an auto, uh, it's called an auto-burst. And you can actually adjust it from a two-round burst to a five-round burst. Uh, again, with the regular rapid fire, we'll turn the semi-automatic weapon into fully automatic. And then we also, we also have a Kimbo rapid fire and dual trigger rapid fire that's all built into that same <laughs> mod. So if you like running around with a couple pistols in your hands, the rapid fire can cater to that uh, you know, personal preference of the gamer as well. And if you just joined us, we are talking with Evan Daly from Controller Chaos. He's a senior designer. They do brilliant work on custom controllers. You can visit them at controllerchaos.com. Now, Evan, one of the things that really impressed me, and, and this is something that's so important, especially as you know, business models and companies have moved to the online service and sales model, the website is very consumer-friendly, and this is a very important part of your business because if people come on to ControllerCast.com, they want to design a controller, whether it's the way it looks, the way it performs, and if the website isn't intuitive, it sort of defeats the whole purpose. But you guys really did a great job of creating a consumer-friendly website that's really easy to use. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, and that was the biggest part. We just recently have completely redone the website over just about over a year ago. Um, typically what in the modded controller, custom controller industry is when you go to their website, you have a typical front view of a controller. There's all these options you have to try to go through to get to your end product. And we wanted to streamline this process, make it as easy, enjoyable, and comprehensive as possible. So we developed this uh, proprietary 3D controller studio builder where you can actually view the controller 360 degrees. So if you were to change the color, of the triggers or maybe your battery pack on your xbox one controller you're now able to spin the controller around to view these <laughs> options as you're changing them and it's a live update as soon as you click the color swatch that you want it automatically populates and again you know with it being fast and responsive you know that's what consumers want they don't want to waste a lot of time and if it takes too long to load you know you lost the sale so we tried our very best to you know achieve the most comprehensive and user-friendly website that we could possibly do with the technology we have today. Evan, what's the craziest request you've ever had for a custom controller? Uh, some of the craziest. Uh, well, that, you, that well, you can say on the radio, let's put it that way. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, of course, you know, we, we cater to uh, a younger generation, and with that becomes, uh, you know, immaturity. So we do have requests for private parts and, you know, <laughs> curse words and stuff like that. 
and but you know when we do, you know describe to them the process and the price point for a one-off custom thing um obviously you know the parents aren't going to want to spend uh x amount of dollars to have uh somebody's private part put on a controller but in re- you know on a more mature side more professional uh we've actually been contracted by uh many game developers for actual custom controllers for developing teams uh, for game releases um i can't dis- disclose uh we're buying a, you know we're buying to buy an nda but uh, we've done some really cool one-off controllers that have pushed our comfort levels, and then, and the result of that is, you know, we've reached a new plateau, and we can just take those skills and continue pumping out better and better controller designs. Now, Evan, I was really lucky when I called in to order the controller that I was ordering for a buddy of mine. I actually got you on the phone, and yes, that was really did. lucky because it led to a lot of cool things. Not the least of which is getting you on the show, which we're very happy about. But you actually explained to me the process as I was, you know, trying to pick different colors, different colors sure. for the button. You can mod everything. We're talking triggers, buttons, start, pause menu, everything. Could you talk a little bit? Because I was really impressed by this. The customization process. We're not talking about slapping on a quick coat of paint and. Sh- and shipping it out you have to you know there's a sanding process a painting process oh, yeah. Can you talk about what you guys actually do yeah absolutely so uh first and foremost the controllers that we use are purchased direct from the manufacturer they come straight from sony straight from microsoft and the same packaging you would go to like your local best buy to pick up a controller uh our technicians open them up then we disassemble the controllers and we actually uh it's almost like the supermarket of controllers if you will we have this huge warehouse facility with every different part color, uh, you know, all laid out. So when the order comes through, our uh, shipping supervisor walks through and he kind of like he's picking the ingredients for the recipe the customers have created. And when you deal with a custom painted controller, they're all started from scratch. So we take the regular OEM shell and we begin the paint process. Once that's completed, we do a couple rounds of high gloss clear coat finish on it because we want to protect that awesome paint job that you've now created. And in between those rounds, there's a wet sanding process that then it makes the controller look like glass. The clear coat is, you know, it's like the bread and butter. It's the icing on the cake. And, you know, I mean, it's just the highest attention to detail with not just the paint process, but then the assembly of the controller to make sure that nothing gets scratched or, you know, once it's assembled, the buttons are operating properly. You know, there's a long haul for a quality control before the controller even leaves our facility. Well, you know, I, I talked about the control you did for us with our Your Tech Report logo and beautiful yeah. black, blue, and white. You made it look absolutely gorgeous. Of course, we're going to post that on yourtechreport.com and, of course, through social media. We're going to tweet it out. Uh, and one of the things you did, which really blew me away, you took out the, the traditional white LED for the Xbox One button, for the Xbox button, and replaced it with this cool blue LED. It just gives a completely different and unique look to the controller. I mean, people really have to see these things to get to appreciate them, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes the littlest detail like that can really tie design together. And, you know, that was one thing that once I had already sent you the mock-ups for the controllers and we were getting ready to finish the paint process, and as I was thinking about the actual assembly of the controller, that's when I was like, man, you know, a blue LED would look just really sharp. And it would tie the entire design together. And I'm glad you guys are huge fans of that option as well. Oh, are you kidding? And like I said, we're going to share it with everyone. And uh, just so people know, uh, you do controllers Xbox One, Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4. Any other any other consoles I'm missing? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, one that we have just broke into with the same 3D controller builder is the original NES controller. So <laughs> you can go check that out. If you have an original NES, maybe you want to play some old Duck Hunt, Mario, all the options that you can do on the PlayStation or the Xbox controllers, you can add those to the original NES controller. Again, those are old. You know, they come straight from uh, Nintendo. We found them. Uh, you know, our owner actually found a supplier that it's it's just cool to open it up because I remember being a little kid playing Mario on the edge of the couch. You know, wasting the days away before I was even in kindergarten, and I mean, I mean, I'm 30 now, so it's been a long time. And to see these controllers come in our door, and once they're customized, it's just, you know, it breathes new life, new love into, you know, an old favorite. 
Oh, absolutely. And listen, everyone has, a lot of people have similar consoles. A custom controller is the one thing that can differentiate yours from someone else's. It really makes it really makes it feel, like you said, like your own. And for people that are listening now and they want to go to controllerchaos.com, check it out. And yes, you don't have to spend a fortune. If you, Obviously, if you do all the modifications of the buttons, if you do a special custom design that Evan and his team will help you with, yes, it does get more expensive. But if I'm not mistaken, prices started about, for the, at least for the Xbox One that we have, they started around $89. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. And, you know, you can start with a normal controller if you just want to add mods to it or if you want something that's custom painted. Uh, We have a ton of different designs that start at that price point as well. So, again, you know, something for every gamer's budget and something to fit everybody's style as well. Well, you know what, Evan? I, I was going to say thank you, but I think you've kind of opened up Pandora's box here for me because now I'm going to want more custom controllers with my gamer tag on it, and Mark is probably going to want them too, so we'll end up spending a fortune. Evan, <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to send people to Controller Chaos to look at your beautiful designs, and hopefully we can have you back closer to the holidays uh, to talk about our next controller. Sounds great, guys. Thank you so much for having us and giving us this opportunity. And again, we'd be more than happy to come back and maybe talk about some holiday deals and you know, maybe another controller design for you guys in the future. Oh, you know we're going to take you up on that. Evan, thank you so much awesome. for joining us. We're going to take a quick break and come back with a very big announcement that we've been teasing from our good friends at Funko. Your Tech Report will be right back. Now, back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Marco Flalo in Montreal, Mitchell Whitfield in Los Angeles. Again, a reminder for you if you want to follow us on that social media thing. It's uh, <laughs> at your tech report on Twitter, Facebook.com slash your tech report. Our email address is contact at your tech report.com. Mitchell, we've spent the entire show talking about great stuff, but teasing this exact moment. Yeah, we have been teasing this moment. And really, we're, we're doing a first on your tech report on our, on our radio show. I don't think we've ever had the same guest back on our show within a three-week period. And it's, it's not just a testament to the company he's with, but a testament to the guy, because we genuinely like the guy. And the company, of course, is Funko, makers of pop vinyl and all those great collectibles and pop culture toys. And the man is Mark Robin. He is the director of marketing. Mark, uh, t- twice in three weeks, people are going to start talking. Wow, that that's heartwarming. I, I'm I'm touched, guys. Thanks <laughs> for having me back. Of course, we love having you back, and we will have you back more. I promise. Now, you guys have a big announcement this weekend, but before we get to that, uh, on something on a personal level that I I ha- I'm compelled to ask you. Now, just mm-hmm. recently, it was announced that Funko is putting out some pop vinyls for the television show Friends. Is this true? That is true. Yeah, we do have a a full set of Friends pops coming out. Uh, I think later this year. Okay, so now with that in mind, Mark is already smiling because I'm watching him on Skype. I've had friends and family asking me this. Now, Mark, what you might not know is that I was actually on Friends. I had a recurring role on Friends for almost the entire run of the show. And I'm getting a lot of questions, so I have to ask you. Uh-oh. Will, will there be a Barry the Orthodontist pop vinyl figure? <laughs> well, I did not know that. That is fascinating. But I will do my damnedest to make sure that happens. I'll, I'll create a custom one if I have to. That's awesome. Dude, all I would ask is that you give me all my hair that I had when I was on the show. That's all mm-hmm. I ask for. You give me the big eyes, whatever outfit you want. I just want my hair back. I mean, in real life, mm-hmm. I don't. But on the pop violin, I would. Was oh. that Rachel's uh, like, ex-fiancé? That, that is me. That is me. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. I right. walked. Duly now, noted. This no, is this is Mark. This is when you Google Mitchell Whitfield, and you yeah. realize all the things. You're like, really? Oh, no, what? But here's here's the really sad part. I walk into GameStop. First of all, when I walk into GameStop now, it's like Norm out of Cheers, right? And they're all smiling. Did you hear about Friends? Dude, you're gonna have a pop vinyl. I'm like, oh wait a second. I'm sure they're covering the six main characters first. But I had to ask. All right, so maybe as long as it's in the air, it's in the it's in the air. We know that. And the monkey. Don't forget about the monkey. Oh, uh, of course, Marcel. Of course, I know he's gonna be one. That he's gonna be attached, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. I think it's attached to Ross. I think he is. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, listen, I digress. I was being very self-motivated there, but yes, you have to make that pop final. Anyway, Mark, uh, Funko had a big, and or has a big announcement this week. Tell us what is going on in the world of pop vinyls. Yeah, we are really excited. We just announced that we have the first, only, and official Star Wars subscription box 
out on the market. Um, it's going to be a subscription box that is produced by uh, Star Wars and Funko in collaboration with each other. Uh, it's $25 every other month. Like I said, it's the only Star Wars subscription box out there. Um, our first box is going to be timed to come out right before the new movie, The Force Awakens. It's a Force Awakens-themed box, so everything in the box is from the new movie, and actually specifically from the First Order, the bad guys of the new movie, so it's kind of a bad guys-themed box. Awesome. The second box will then focus on um, the Resistance, the good guys. Uh, but, um, yeah, we're really, really excited. I mean, there are no other Star Wars boxes. This is done tightly, you know, in conjunction with Star Wars. We're, we're, they're great partners of ours. We already do a lot of Star Wars pops, but now we're going to be able to do pops and T-shirts and a lot of other goodies that we'll put into these boxes, and we just think it's going to be an awesome product for Star Wars fans. We're, we're really, really excited about it. Uh, oh, that's that's going to be fantastic. So l- let me ask you this. So much like Marvel, uh, Marvel's Collector Core that you guys do, you said it's mm-hmm. going to be every other month. Now, why Collector Core? Is it going to be, are the figures that are going to be in the subscription service exclusive to the Star Wars subscription service? Yes, 100% exclusive. So if you've been, well, if you're a fan of Star Wars or you've been watching like the Funko announcements from our Star Wars line, None of those figures will be will be in these the, these boxes. We will have figures from the movie that are not available anywhere else in retail or online. So you know, if you want the full set of the Force Awakens pops, you almost have to get this box because <laughs> this box is going to contain. Um, I think we've announced that the first box will, in fact, have two pops. So we're not saying who or uh, or what the pops are, oh. but there but there are there are two of them, and they're exclusive to the box. Um, you know, again from the first order team, I guess, from the dark side. Uh, but yeah, every, everything in the box is exclusive, just like with Collector Core. Mark, I can only expect that obviously the value of everything in that box is going to be far greater than the, the 25 bucks you'll spend. You're guaranteeing, what, $50 in value at minimum? That's correct, yep. So, okay. so and, and of course, there's also coupons and, and special offers and announcements that you can only get if you are a subscriber to this box. That's really, really cool. Hey, yeah, and we're going to do our best to keep everybody up to date on you know, what we're offering and just kind of in the know as far as Star Wars news and product reveals and, and announcements. Um, just, again, you know, kind of like the same way we deal with our Marvel community and um, with Collector Core, we'll be cultivating a, a community around Funko products and Star Wars products. And I think, again, if you're a Star Wars fan at all, this is something you're, you're going to want to be involved in just so you can kind of get the early news on what the products are going to be and, and juicy little tidbits like that. No, that's fantastic. And of course, this comes only less than a week after Force Friday, of course. Now, you talked about the the pop vinyls that have already come out celebrating the new movie. Can you talk about what figures you guys have already released? Oh, gosh. The list is long and varied, but I can tell you that um, most of the main characters that you've seen in the trailers are, right. are in the first wave. So we've got pops made for Kylo Ren and Captain Phasma, the, tr- the First Order Troopers. Ray and Finn are in there. Um, Chewbacca is in there. BB-8, everybody's favorite BB-8, <laughs> yeah, uh, is one of the figures. Uh, Poe, Poe Dameron is in there. Um, right. But there, uh, there are, and there are multiple. There, there are also a lot of exclusives that we've done with people like Hot Topic and Amazon. So, like, there is an Amazon exclusive Heavy Trooper. There is Ray with her mask. I think at Hot Topic. So, again, if you kind of want the full set, you got to be looking at the different exclusives that are out there as well. But the regular set has most of the main characters, um, you know, the villains, the heroes, and uh, and whatever BB-8 is. I'm hoping he's a hero, but who knows? Maybe, maybe he's evil. We haven't seen the movie yet. So we don't know. I, I, I bought my very own BB-8, and he is a he is a gentle, kind droid. <laughs> Did you get the Spiro BB-8? Is that what you're talking about? You know what, you know what, Mark? The, uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this: is that I, I've always wanted a Spiro, and I've kind of looked at it, saying I'm not going to pay a hundred bucks for that. So instead, I spent two hundred dollars on BB-8. We, I do not have mine yet. I, I delayed. Somebody here in the office grabbed one, and it's pretty fantastic. And uh, the woman who actually runs our programs has been trying to get a free one for the last week, and is in tears because no one will send her one. I think I'm she's going to have to break down and actually buy one. I'm going to give you my little tip. My tip was. If, you, if you're going to go and buy one, is, is call the Apple Store. Call the Apple Store and That's ask them. That's exactly. No one, reali- yeah. no one realized they actually were carrying it, even though they announced it. And they had a, they had all, they had five. They received five on Friday, on Force Friday, and I grabbed uh, the first of the five. So we got one here in the office from Bed Bath and Beyond of all places. So. <laughs> Well, but, here's the big know, question. Our, our Funko BB-8, he doesn't roll around of his own power, but he's, <laughs> he's really damn cute. So I would suggest picking up, picking up one of those as well. 
Oh, no, he's adorable. I actually saw one already. I was going to say, if you went to Bed Bath & Beyond, I hope you used your 20% coupon because I have a dozen of them. I could send them right out to you. <laughs> it's the only place. It's the only store in the country that will that will honor the 20% off on every, even fair market items that they sell. They will always do that. So that, that's always a great thing. Mark, let me ask you this. Because one of the things, that I, one of the reasons I love talking to you is because uh, as, as much as this is your job, it's also something you're passionate about that you enjoy collecting internally from the team that put this together. Was there excitement within the team that this, that this was, you guys knew this was coming. So is there like this palpable excitement among the team members that you guys are going to be launching this new service. I mean, this has been, since we came up with the idea to do these subscription boxes, obviously Star Wars and Marvel were at the top of our list. And it just kind of so happened that Marvel came out first, and, and, I, and I think that made sense, especially because it was timed with the release of Avengers 2. But we wanted to wait and do Star Wars so it was more closely aligned with the release of the new movie, but we've been dying to talk about it. I mean, everybody here has just been so excited. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing to sit down in the product meetings where we talk about what's going to go into the future boxes and sit there right. and sort of have these nerdy debates about, well, I think it should be this guy. No, no, it's got to be this guy. This is who people <laughs> want. And, and sort of argue with each other and figure out what's going to be the cool pop or T-shirt to include in a future box. And, you know, these are boxes that people won't even see for, you know, three to six months in some cases. And, and, it, and it's hard to kind of keep your mouth shut in the meantime. I'm always afraid I'm going to slip up, like, talking to you guys and, and blurt something <laughs> out. Uh, but... Uh, it, 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 there is there is a lot of palpable excitement. I mean, I think this is a box that we've been dying to do, and, and it's it's great for the, the day to finally be here and be able to talk about it. Oh, absolutely. You know, something I don't want to gloss over, and I'm going to tell you why I'm, I'm mentioning this specifically. You mentioned the T-shirts, and I think for some people, oh, you know, you get a free T-shirt. It's just like a throw-in to some people in their mind. But let me tell you something. The T-shirts you guys put in your box in, in the collector core that I've been they're great t-shirts. They're great quality t-shirts. They look great. It's not to me, it's not like an added value. It's it's a primary value. I love the shirts you guys pack in. So now that you're going to be doing t-shirts for Star Wars as well, that to me, you know, I can carry my pop finals and proudly wear the t-shirt as well. I'm glad you like them. Uh, we work really hard on those and all of the art, you know, is done here. Um, so they're not just like t-shirts that we've sourced from somewhere else that you can buy, you know, at any other store. They're t-shirts where the designs are done here. And just like I said, where we sit around and debate what pops we're going to make or include in these boxes, we sit around and kind of have healthy debates of who's going to be on the t-shirts and what looks the coolest. And, and we're really proud of those shirts. I, I think it's a fantastic line. And I do think it's a, it's a huge benefit that when you get a shirt, in one of our boxes, it's actually a shirt you're going to want to wear and not just a throwaway <laughs> item. Mark, so just to recap on the big Star Wars announcement, we've got the, the only official Star Wars subscription box, uh, $25. The first one's coming out in November, correct? That is correct. Uh, you can uh, purchase it, sign up until, um, until November 12th, and then we'll start shipping them shortly after that. You know, you'll, people will have them in time for Christmas, and then the second box will ship in January, and uh, that'll be our light side uh, resistance theme box. Love it. Mark, Robin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for ending the show with us this week. I mean, we've, we've been teasing this announcement for obviously the past three weeks, but this show specifically, we're, uh, we're happy to have you on and, and, and looking forward to you coming back. Not a problem. I'm going to be back constantly. I'm going to be like your Tony Randall. He'll oh, never be able to get rid of me. <laughs> <laughs> and on and on that note, Mitchell, thanks for uh, thanks for being here on this wonderful edition of Your Tech Report. We will be back with you next week, of course. And don't forget, of course, the pages of yourtechreport.com and follow us on Twitter for all the fun stuff from today's show. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com.